Welcome to another edition of the LWE podcast. This is LWE Lee Collins, and I'm excited today to have the opportunity, pleasure, to uh, <laughs> chat with a, a former face of the past, of my past, and uh, probably have more stories uh, of a connection with him than I realized once we probably get started talking here in a minute. But um, it's the one and only Mr. Jay Hendricks. Jay, how you doing? Hello. Long time, long time. Long time since we have talked, but man, I'm glad I'm glad you got on here. Yeah, man. Um, I, I appreciate you having me on. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's an honor, really, an honor to be a part of this. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, I just switched over my Bluetooth, so I don't know if that's going to work or not. I just took it off. Can you hear me? Still? <laughs> I got you. I got you. Uh, yeah, man. I appreciate you reaching out. You know, um, I. Every time I come back up to Abbeville, I feel like it's like, man, I really want to hang out with these people. I really want to try to catch up with this person. And, you know, I got four kids now. So it's like we're trying to keep get the kids around the grandparents and everything. Um, but, yeah, dude, you're probably right. I feel like we probably have a ton of stories that from, you know, the 2000, early 2000 era of us spending time together that we could probably recall here shortly. Well, well, first of all, you got enough for your praise band now, man. So uh, you, you, you have you can do your church stuff, but once they get of age properly, then you can actually get out on tour now because you have your own. Yeah. You'll have enough people now. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a cool thing. Well, we're gonna talk about your family life and, and, and the husband dad life and all that good stuff here in a little bit. But man, um, most people who might listen to this might recognize your last name. Um, yeah. your, your dad, Mike. Uh, who had some time here in Abbeville, you know, led led the Panthers to a 1981 state championship. Uh, well-known teacher, educator here, coach, and all that good stuff. Um, I feel like he's most known for backing up traffic on his combine or tractor. Well, that too. <laughs> and I, you know, I was trying to protect the guilty here. I'll, I'll start, right? um, but he he. Uh, you know, he was he was a big part of of the early history, especially here in Abbeville. But I want to kind of talk about it from your perspective as uh, as uh, as as being a coach's son, and and what yeah. is your earlier memories growing up under your dad, uh, especially um, you know, because he was kind of on the I guess he I would say he was probably on the back end, yeah, of coaching once you kind of got of age there. Oh yeah, yeah, no, he was, and I don't remember. I mean, did did Coach Botts come on in uh, 89? Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so I think my dad, I want to say, man, I think he was in 87 maybe. Yeah. Um, was 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 around his last year. Um, and, of course, I was two at that point, so I don't have any memories of that. Um, I remember getting pretty comfortable being up at the, um, at, at the weight room and the locker room and stuff, being a little kid and being up there and i don't know if he was still coaching or just kind of on the way out but still yeah. going up there to hang out um and i just remember being like man these the people here are so big like personality wise yeah. um just like also physically <laughs> just being like man this is some this is some high level like uh ath athletes and people who care about their craft and and just being in awe of that. And, you know, I, even when I was in high school, I wasn't much bigger than I was as a kid. Uh, but, you know, it, they always just seemed bigger than lot larger than life, like being in the locker room and being in the weight room and 
going in the coach's office and just, you know, I don't know. I felt like I was a part of a movie, like looking back at it. Um, well, did you feel, did you feel any kind of, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I have a lot of respect for your dad. I've had a lot of conversations with him throughout the years, but yeah. um, did he ever kind of give you the push to try to get involved in sports, specifically football? Did that, no. that you just decided to do your own? How'd that conversation go? I, he did not, you know, he, he, he has told me, he never wanted to push it on me. Um, but you know, it, it's tough walking down the hallway. You know, I don't know if those, those banners are still up, but those full size life size pictures of the players, yeah. um, of the state championship teams. And it was like, there's my dad standing right there. That's kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and really just being like, I want to be in those pictures. Like I want to be a part of that. Like I, I think I always, um, I, I never felt a pressure from him to like perform or um, be something. I mean, it was, it was kind of like, I, I can't remember when it was, but I remember like my first year playing um, little league and they put me at quarterback, which was like, I didn't know what, I, I mean, I had no clue what I was doing that at all. And I came home and I was like, this is going to make my dad real proud. You know, like me telling him I'm at quarterback. And I told him, and he certainly was proud, but I think in that moment I realized it was like he's proud of me regardless of what I'm doing. He, You know, it's not particular to um, what I'm doing at the time. Like I could be, you know, I could be the quarterback that fumbles the ball five times or I could <laughs> pass it for 10 touchdowns, which I, I did more of the fumbling than I did passing that year. So, um, you know, I – he, he was intentional about, Hey, what do you want to do? What position do you want to play? What sport do you want to play? And, and I want to help you with that. And so um, I, I think it was my freshman year uh, coach, Nick, it was funny. He was like, he walking us through the, the weight room and he was, you know, he'd kind of show you show everybody like the different positions you're supposed to be in. And he was like, uh, coach Hendricks, go get on that neck machine. And uh, I looked at him and I was like, what? I said, Coach Hendricks. He said, God darn it, I'm Jay Hendricks. Go get on that neck machine. And I was like, okay. And that was the first time anybody ever called me coach. Uh, Uh, Probably the last time too. But it was was interesting just to see how ingrained, like, you know, for Coach Nick had played for my dad. Yeah. uh, And how it was like, whoa, this is, this is bigger than me, you know? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it's really cool to see the, it was cool to see the impact my dad had. Um, but, but, but weird too, because my dad's a little bit older than uh, a lot of my friends' dads who played for him, you know? And so it was like an odd thing. I go over to a friend's house and then they would be telling me stories about my dad coaching them, you know? And I was like, man, that's so weird. Like I never experienced that part of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, there would probably be some some of that, and and also just in the sense of, you know, I think it's cool that he never really kind of, you know, nowadays, man, parents put so much pressure on these kids playing sports, and these kids get so freaking burned out, right, right out of the gate, and yeah. I, I think that's pretty cool coming from a perspective. Here's a guy who was a kind of like a lifetime coach and and part of the game, and uh, just lets you kind of do what you wanted to do. I think it's cool because you, you made that decision on your own. And like you said, you know, you wasn't, you wasn't busting through the hallways at six, seven or six, eight. <laughs> um, so it wasn't, 
it wasn't like you had something that uh, D1 coaches was going to be coming after. <laughs> Negative. I mean, Negative. you were you were <laughs> very very uh, charismatic, and whatnot. But I mean, you know, from 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 the eye perspective, it's like okay, okay. But you know, again, it's one of those things where you know, no matter what your situation is physically, I mean, there, there's always ways that you can contribute, and there's ways that are not very glorious. That's right, people. So I mean. I think you found your way in there as you kind of got in there. And it was really interesting. The timing that you started playing was kind of right at, you know, we, we had one state championship in 96. Right. And we, you know, we had a really good couple of years after that. Should have won it in 98. Mm -hmm. Um, Had a tough year in 99. And then we come back in 2000 and, you know, just got a lot of talent. And yeah. I can remember just a lot of the guys there, man, just, uh, and you probably could speak to this too, but just, man, it just seemed like we had talent everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think my freshman year I played a little league and then it was kind of like, am I going to do this thing? I mean, I weighed 96 pounds. I mean, I like, are we really going to play? And then, um, you know, my, my buddies were, were playing. So Brad Randall was playing and, um, like Will Fleming and, and Kerber. And, you know, it was just like, all right, let's do this. You know, let's, let's see if we can (laughs) see what it's like to get out there. Um, And I remember that freshman and sophomore year. And, and I want to say even Trey Wells at that point, I mean, he might've been the eighth grade. If my freshman year, he would have, he might've been playing varsity at that point. I don't remember, but um, I just remember those two years of JV. It was just like, this is unfair. (laughs) <laughs> for everybody uh and particularly coming out of the sophomore year it was like oh we are going to beat the brakes off of every single person we play um yeah. and so i'm coming into my junior year and um ac's a quarterback and rod's coming in behind him and then we had terry bell in the backfield but also bruno uh and um I mean, it's a, it's just a crew of of power, and the defense was just insane as well. You know, we, well, um, well, arguably, in my opinion, the the best linebacking duo in Abbeville history, and uh, and Greg Rafer, man. I mean, oh that's beast, man. And, and that was in, and that was in two thousand when they they started at sophomores. Yeah, and yeah, they just set the tone on the back end of the defense. But man, just, that's right. And then even like Jonathan Myers and Brantley Caldwell, like I was looking up to those guys at one point I was going, Oh, okay. Like these kind of, these are guys that are like, maybe I can get there. And then it was like, Oh no, no, that's not for me. (laughs) (laughs) They're on another level. Uh, I was like, Jacob Horn might be able to get there, but I don't think I'm actually going to be a a Brantley Caldwell type. Um, But that, I mean, yeah, but watching those guys, it was like, oh, this is all they're, – they're kind of paving the way for, like, how to how to carry yourself, but then also how to, like, hit that next gear when you're on the field. I mean, I remember Brantley catching an uh, interception in a playoff game in the, in the rain, and he had a club on his arm because he broke his arm or something like that. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well – and again, you kind of you kind of got one of those glorious opportunities because you were out there at receiver, and you know we wasn't throwing uh, maybe more than three or four passes a game that a much. year, uh, maybe <laughs> a year. Uh, like, I mean, it was it was wishbone and a, and a dust of glory, and when you That's got right. all these backs behind stuff like that, you really didn't have to. But um, yeah. 
obviously, like you said, you know, you guys, um, you know, get a chance to go play for a state championship in 2000. And in 2002, I really think, in my opinion, and this is just me, me speaking, yeah. talk, I, I have a lot of really great debates and discussions with people when I talk about best teams to not win a championship. I really feel like 2000 team, oh man, it just, it was probably it was probably one of the more disappointing losses because I felt like these guys were too good. They were so yeah. good to not win at all. And they <laughs> had a great year. I mean, uh, you know, Rod Freeman coming in at quarterback and mm-hmm. just electric Kendrick Wells at fullback. Uh, touchdown Terry Bell, you talked about him. Yeah. Uh, you had those linebackers. You had, man, William Hudson, uh, big defensive end, Greg Ashmore those guys i mean just so much freaking talent man right um and it just uh it was scary it was scary how good we were i i, I never will forget that game in palmetto um that game had a lot of um let's just say had a lot of little fire on the sauce there yeah um, and, and that was for upstate, i think that was upstate championship game i, I was gonna say i think it was upper state yeah and uh, we came out there and just 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 laid the hammer on them and stuff. So, I mean, it felt like at that time, it felt like we could just impose our will when, once we we clicked in. And there was, I think, it was something about being at the stadium. And I had gone to the to the, um, I, I think it was a Silver Bluff. Was it Silver Bluff they lost to in uh, in two thousand? Yeah, in two thousand, mm-hmm. I was at that game, and I remember thinking, "We're gonna be back. We're gonna be back." Um, and then. You know, when we were back, I can't remember exactly what happened. I mean, I never re- recalled the first half of that, yeah, um, that Carver's Bay um, game. But I mean, I, I remember what's that? I remember it was cold. <laughs> it was cold. It was really cool, and then like it was really cold, and then I think we were all kind of like under the lights. It was pretty big, a big stage, and then. I, they came out with a one-two punch, and it was kind of like, uh-oh. And then they scored on that second, like it was last second half, like going into the half they scored. Am I right about that? Yep. It was yep. a deep ball, and it bounced off of maybe Tony Graham or somebody was down there, um, and it was just a, you know, a freak thing, and they scored on it. Um, and then, and then of course, we dominated the second half, and it just came up short. You know, there wasn't enough time on the, on the clock, but – uh, yeah, I definitely remember feeling like this isn't right. <laughs> like when we were getting, you know, the the ceremony and we had lost by, you know, two points or whatever. It was like, this ain't right. We're the better team. We're supposed to have this trophy, you know, all that. Yeah, but it was well, awesome experience, man. Yeah, and and again, years you can't sell it point in. Um, you know, and then it would be a there would be a be a hot minute before we got back to that point. But man, I tell you what, I I, ha, I have a very very good firm memory of my favorite Jay Hendricks highlight in your whole career. Um, <laughs> people probably would think it was a very like non special deal, but I, I remember this is the story. So we're going to Batesburg, Abbeville, Batesburg, rich rivalry, traditional mm-hmm. rivalry, conference game, uh, going down there. Uh, pretty much probably going to be, uh, you know, you know, kind of tit for tat a little bit there. But uh, I remember I was doing the radio at the time, and Wayne Stevenson wasn't able to go do uh, the radio. So I took me and Trip Spear went to do it. And they always put us on top of the press box at Batesburg because, you know, I guess they just couldn't, couldn't put us in there with them. Um, 
And I'll never forget, man, we did that game. And I was always, I was excited because that was probably only the second time I've ever, like, called a game as the head commentator. And okay. So uh, I was nervous, but um, I was excited. And then I remember it was like a big third down play, like third mm-hmm. and 12, and Rod rolls out and finds you, and you catch it, and you make like a sidestep, and you get positive yardage. And I remember it's like, it's Jay Hendricks. It's a first down, baby. Yeah. And I remember Tripp looked at me as like, you know, yeah, it's a first down, but it's like, hey, <laughs> I said, that's my man, Jay. I told him after the game, that's I said, over that one call than anything else that happened in the game. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I mean, you know, looking back. Because you just, uh, you didn't ever know, you didn't, you didn't probably didn't think you would ever get a pass to you at all. No. You just didn't throw it. No. And that, that was the thing. I'm pretty sure that, and, and you have, you probably have a better memory than me, but I knew I was running a route. And I, I the things that I remember is that it, we were, we were getting stuffed and we were having to get creative and um, I want to say Mookie was on the left side and Rod actually swung out to the left and then he yeah. got, he got pushed back and I was kind of working my, you know, I did like a tent, you know, a, a stick route or whatever. And I turned around, started working back towards uh, the line. And then I see Rod coming around and I'm like, what's he doing? <laughs> and I remember thinking I better turn around because he's probably going to run and I'm going to need a block for him, you know? And then, and then all of a sudden the ball started getting bigger and I was like, "Uh Oh, um, and I remember catching it. And then I don't remember anything else. I ran back to the side, to the uh, huddle. And I was like completely out of breath because it was the first time I ever got tackled in a, you know, live game, which is ridiculous. You know, first time I ever touched the ball in a live game. And then uh, I run back to the. Oh, was a big deal, man. Yeah. I run back to the sideline uh, or back to the huddle, and I remember uh, Brad Randall, my buddy, looking at me like, are you okay? Because <laughs> you got licked, you know. Um, and I was like, I don't remember anything. And then I've told this story so many times. But um, I ran to the sideline, and Coach Botts, you know, in classic Coach Botts fashion, grabs me by the face mask and looks, and looks at me saying, that's the best. God darn football play in Abbeville football history. And I was like, I don't know, coach. <laughs> it was just like a hitch route. I don't know. I'm telling I told, you, man. I told these, Matt Crawford. These kids today, man, they understand yeah. how big of a deal was, man. I told Matt Crawford that story a few years ago, and he said, you know what? I have a very similar story um, where I, I think he's like, it was, you know, pouring down rain at some game. I can't remember what it was, but Crawford was the long snapper. Oh, and it was the Batesburg game at Upper Okay, so we Crawford. Nothing. Yes, yes. And so Crawford said, and when I ran to the heat, you know, perfect snap, perfect hold, uh, it goes, you know, it goes up, they win. He he said, and I quote, Coach Boss grabbed me by the, ma- the face mask and said, this is the best play in Abbeville football history. <laughs> it's like, that's great. I love that. And Matt Hagan with the career high field goal percentage of all time, one for one. <laughs> it will never, ever be broken. That streak will never be broken. And <laughs> I mean, he can hang his hat on that forever and a day, man. That's um, great. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I saw him not too long ago, a couple of years ago, and I bumped into him. I think he was in Walmart or something because, you know, you're bumping everybody at Walmart. Mm-hmm. And, and I mentioned that to him. I said, man, I tell you what, it must be special to be the uh, all-time leader in field goal percentage. I have. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's a funny thing. Like looking back, I wish someone had told me when I was younger. Like that, my favorite thing about football was just like running and catching it. You know, like that yeah. was like that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I wish someone had told me earlier on, like, hey man, that's not gonna happen at Abbeville. <laughs> You're uh, not gonna be running and catching it a lot because you are five nine. 130 and we don't throw so you might want to you know start working on your punting or you know db skills or something like that <laughs> yeah i mean we didn't run slants we didn't run screen passes we didn't run anything i mean it was just it was uh go deep and if you're <laughs> the ball might get there to you um well i'll tell you what man i you know we're talking about this football stuff and i mean when i first got to meet you i i was over here at the high school and um, and I tell people this all the time. I said, you know, I kind of went, I kind of got my start through ministry in the most unique way because um, I worked in retail for about eight years of my life. Yeah. And that was kind of like my introduction into kind of how to dealing with just to deal with people in general, much less church people, because we had a lot of church people that came into the Christian bookstore I worked at and yeah, kind of the way it was. But then to get into student ministry, you know, my firsthand experience was being a substitute teacher and being around kids every day. And yeah. I was in, uh, in 2000, um, and I swear I got to meet a bunch of these crazy characters over the years, um, met a bunch of you guys and had a lot of you guys in classes and stuff. And, man, that was some fun times. I remember I remember 2000 was probably one of my favorite years because um, we had – we had a lot of good times. I was doing a radio show at the time. I was playing some like good Christian music and stuff on Sunday nights. And yeah, I'd have some folks come up there and then, you know, we were going to watching all the sports and stuff and we were trying to support everybody. And I was helping yeah. coach softball at the time. Yeah. And, uh, but that really kind of was my introduction into kind of just, you know, dealing, you know, working with people, you know, I wasn't too much older, but just trying to get my feet wet and yeah, a little bit of opportunity. And I didn't realize till after I stopped doing it, how much of a ministry opportunity it really was. But I feel like in that short amount of time between 2000, 2002, I really felt like I had a chance to really make an impact on some people's lives. And I feel like, you know, there was, there was a handful of people like that. And I feel like you, you and like Matt Crawford, were two of those guys, Brand Anderson's another one I think about that I just remember telling me at some point along the way. So then, thank you so much for your witness and thank you so much for just caring. And so, yeah. Um, what do you what do you remember about the early days of the Super Sub, man? Because yeah. I, I I still have the same email address I had when I was in high school. <laughs> now, I mean, I think the biggest thing my my biggest takeaway was um, was like, oh, Lee wants to like be around. Like he's not, he's not above spending time with or hearing hearing out or not. You know, it, to me that was to me that was the biggest thing. It was like you you wanted to be around and be like um, a resource, and I, I think that was you know very impactful for me. Um, and uh, I would say um, Trip Spear was another you know, in that, in that vein for me, it was like, okay, who are the guys that are five to 10 years older than me? Um, you know, even Luke Simmons, yeah. um, it was like, who, who are these guys that I, I can visualize emulating, 
in following Christ, you know, and like what it looks like to be a guy that not just goes to church, but wants to know what it's like to like put Jesus on his throne on Tuesday as well. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I, and I would say yours, your impact was like the intentionality of like, Hey, we're doing this thing. I don't, this, you know, you weren't, you weren't, I mean, in my mind, it wasn't like you were trying to bait and switch me with yeah. Hey, come be a part of this youth group or whatever. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know what youth youth group specifically you would have wanted me to be a part of. But it was like, you know, I had my home church and my parents were at and that I was involved with. But you were like, yeah, just come be a part of it. Like, come to the lock lock in, or we're going bowling, or we're going to the movie, or yeah. you know, let's talk about uh, you know this obscure Christian hip hop that just came out that no one's heard about or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I appreciated that, and I and I'm I'm sure there's more people that were impacted by that than than you or even I realize. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, and, I, and there's a lot of it back back then too, where you know, looking back, I mean, I still I still have conversations, and I still run into people. Um, you know, I coach like Lindsay Sammons, Lindsay Wilson now, and she teaches over at my kids' school, and I see her every day, and yeah we always will share some kind of story or something, but you know, I just remember, man, just a lot of good guys and girls that I got a chance to be a part of their life, even if it was just for a small amount, but it was just cool because it really kind of showed me, okay, you know, what's the mindset nowadays? What's the things? And now, now thinking about it, like, by the way, I mean, you're coming up on like 20 year, right? You got a 20 year reunion. You guys have got to try to figure out, right? Yeah. Next, next year, I guess so. Yeah. Next year. So it's like, 20 years ago, what was my mind at then? And, and I was, I was uh, terribly single and terribly bored and depressed most days. During, um, but I found a release. I found a joy in giving something that, you know, hopefully could encourage and inspire. And I think it did a few people and a lot of it has stuck over the years. And, you know, obviously people, you know, it's just like, it's just like talking about the seeds in the Bible. And I mean, you're going to hit some good ground. You're going to hit some rocks. You're going to hit some boulders. You're going to, I yeah. mean, you just got to throw the seeds and let God do the rest. And so I feel like, yeah. Absolutely. I feel like if, if people thought about what the impact would be, uh, I would hope that most people will remember and remember with a smile. And I'm just thankful because you were kind of one of those guys that I got a chance to just see from a distance and see where God takes you, man. And man, what a journey, man, that you've been on. And when you grab, <laughs> When you graduated high school, did you go to Anderson? Yeah, well, I went to um, I went to Tech mainly because I, you know, I was focused on everything else at high school except for academics, and I did, you know, it was like March, and I was talking to people about school, and they were, I was like, where are you going? You know, oh, I'm going to USC, I'm going to Clemson, and I was like, well, how did you, how do you know that? And they're like, well, because I applied, and I was like, tell me more about this applying situation <laughs> and so i had like applied late to clemson and i got in on the on the bridge program or whatever and so i was at piedmont tech for a year uh, which honestly was a very formative time for me um in like my understanding of the bible and time with the lord and even just like what i cared about um and then i went to clemson that next year and then transferred to Anderson because I, at that moment I realized like, I think I want to be a part of ministry more intentionally. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I went to Anderson. Uh, that's what took me there at least. 
Yeah, I think, and I think that's the thing. Sometimes, man, that that time frame from eighteen to about twenty two or twenty three, that is that is wide open, man. There, there's so many things that can happen. Yeah, so many, you know, you call it misdirects or, or like false doors or whatever you want to call it. But there's just a lot that comes at you at the time. You know, it's very few. There's a there's a minority group of people that sometimes they got it figured out right after they graduate. And yeah, it's like. It's like the step-by-step process goes all the way to where they're at now. But uh, I think it's interesting that you, you kind of were finding out where the need was, where you needed to really put your interest in. And and then obviously you go to Anderson, which is a great school and, and very ministry-oriented and focused on ministries there. And um, and then that kind of gets you kind of gets you going to to kind of where you're at now, man. Talk, yeah. to, talk to me a little bit about that process of um, – getting connected because you're down you're down in columbia now and that's right. uh, about 2005 2006 when you started down that way yeah that's right so um yeah i mean i could go into a lot of detail but i don't know how long form you want this uh, podcast to be but yeah i mean I, I think when i went when i went to when i was at piedmont tech i was at this place of i don't really know what i want to do with my life like i don't really know what i want to give my energy to and I kind of just had this like, all right, I've been around church. I've been around the Bible. I've been around youth group, FCA, camp for the past, you know, six, eight years of my life. Do I really believe this stuff? Because if I do, if I do think that God is real and is who he says he is, then he's worth trusting. But if it's all fake and like it's just my parents, parents religion or whatever. Yeah. And then I'm not going to do that. (laughs) And I'm going to go have as much fun as I possibly can when I get to Clemson and I'm going to do whatever I want to and get the, you know, the degree that's going to make me the most money and, you know, have the most popularity or whatever. Um, And so I, but I was like, you know, it's worth looking into. It's worth me considering. And so I kind of pretty sure I went to your old stomping grounds, the shepherd shop. And uh, bought because that's where you worked, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I went up to the shepherd shop and I just bought like a a Bible study thing, and I would take a couple of lunches when I was at Piedmont Tech and just read through that and pray through it. And I was kind of like, all right, at the end of this six months, either I'm gonna go in this direction of like trusting Jesus and trusting what the the Word of God says, or I'm not coming back. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bailing on it. And I mean, honestly, it was like probably three months into that, that I just was like, man, this thing that I'm reading the Bible, these prayers that are coming to my mind, the way that God is shaping my heart, convicting me about like things that I'm doing and the way that I'm, you know, treating people. Like, I don't want to do those things anymore. (laughs) Like I, I want to do what the Bible has for me. And I want to trust. And it was like, this is this is bigger than a book, you know, um, or like a Bible study that I'm reading. And so that was that was kind of the shift for me. And so I was like, man, I I think I got to I think I got to go in this direction. And so, you know, I started I went to Clemson and was going to go into graphic design. And then I started having some conversations with some friends from high school about uh, work and you know what we're studying and everything and I had two or three conversations back to back where somebody was like I always thought you would do like church stuff or like 
that kind of thing. I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, I never even thought about it. And so um, I remember having a conversation with uh, my dad about it and, and Dick Williams as well. Oh. And, I, and both of them were like almost, it was almost as if they never wanted to tell me that they also thought that because they didn't want to be the one to kind of like force it. Yeah. Um, but it was like, as, as soon as I said it to them both, they, it, it just felt very similar. Like, yeah, man, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, they, these are, these are your giftings and um, the way that you relate to people and the way that you, you know, want to care for people and use your gifts and to grow other folks. And anyway, so that kind of sent me down that path to Anderson. Once I got to Anderson, met some folks who were um, starting a church in Columbia and was like, I don't, I didn't even know that was a thing that you could start a church. And so um, moved to Columbia to just kind of be a part of that. And then through that process, I started leading worship um, and helping with college ministry. And, and that was, you know, 12 years ago, uh, 15 years ago almost. But um, so now that that's my full-time job is uh, I lead, I lead our worship and um, everything that happens inside of our auditorium on Sundays and I help lead our college ministry and, you know, a few other hats that I wear, but those are kind of the main two things, which is, you know, awesome. I get to be a part of that. Yeah. And I think about it now, like when you talk about that path journey to get where you're at in the last maybe 10 years or so, if you would have had any kind of like knowledge or desire to play music or even lead worship and stuff, man, it, you could have, you could have parked your car at any place you really wanted to because of how popular the 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 worship ministry has really become as far as just getting involved and people plugging in and i hear so many great stories even people that are kind of behind the scenes you know we we, we believe in that here at my church you know we we got used to that work in our audiovisual, just giving them something to say okay this is how i contribute yeah for the lord today by giving my time for this one hour slot or however long yeah. to just do this. And so, you know, thinking all the way back to when you guys were in high school, man, it was, it was kind of on the, on the fringe, but it really hadn't yeah. kicked in yet. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it was at camp. You would see it at camp. Yeah. But you couldn't uh, replicate it at home. No. And I, and I remember like, you know, I did, I, my music, like interest in music was, I was into rap and hip hop and you know a little bit of grunge stuff that my sister had <laughs> um, but you know it i it was my senior year of high school when it was like i didn't have I, I wasn't playing football anymore and i was hanging out with stephen colt and he played guitar and i was like i want to learn to play guitar and so i bought a crappy guitar off of ebay for like 20 bucks and you know which is basically a doorstop but um it it you know and i and I just felt this like amazing like drive to where I would get home and play guitar for three hours and then wake up in the morning and play guitar even more like before school. And sometimes on the way to school, I would have my guitar like <laughs> while I was driving because I just felt this like huge draw. Um, but of course, you know, I was 18, which is pretty late to be picking up. In, in regards to people like worship music, most of those guys have been playing, you know, a long time. And then, yeah, it was around that time where I started experiencing <clears throat> more of that modern worship where 
you know, there's a guitar and drums and the vocals are a little bit different and a little bit more energetic. Um, and, and honestly, I kind of thought that I'd missed the boat. Um, and so when I was in college, I was surrounded by these dudes that were like already leading in front of hundreds and thousands of people, um, yeah. on Sundays. And, and I'm like knowing three chords and I can't sing. Like I hated singing. Uh, so I was like, yeah, this isn't in the cards for me. So <laughs> I kind of laid it down for about three years. And then when I moved to Columbia, um, me and a couple guys who, who we lived together, uh, we started a band just, just for the fun of it. And then that, that turned into me getting more comfortable on stage and singing. And, um, and then I, you know, got asked to lead a few times and then it kind of went from there, kind of snowballed from that point. <laughs> it, isn't it cool how, and, and I, I know this to be true in my own life. Cause I, you know, when I, when I did the subbing years that for that little bit of time and, and stuff, I kind of thought I was fixing to, to jump into doing something with, with students. And then I kind of, I kind of took a step back and, you know, and um, kind of just went back to trying to receiving instead of trying to give so much. Mm-hmm. And I met my wife and then, you know, kind of unironically, we had both kind of not been too heavily involved in a particular church at the time. So we kind of got back involved together and it was cool because we were basically kind of, I was basically on the sideline for about a year and a half, just yeah. receiving and then little baby steps, you know, I'd go and, I started singing with the choir a little bit and this and that. And then I remember, man, um, Mr. Guire, the legendary Mr. Guire, mm-hmm. uh, he asked me to do, uh, some, uh, I think it was uh, VBS for the youth to teach or speak one night during the summer. And I was like, sure, no problem. And so I did that. And then a couple of weeks later, getting ready for start of school, hey, would you like to teach um, high school Sunday school class? And I was like, sure. But it was never nothing I sought after. It was just right. like, those doors just open. And I think that's when, you know, that's when your radar starts getting big. Cause when you start getting, you're the one that's getting sought after and you're the one that's getting presented opportunities, then you can kind of like, it makes that d- discernment thing a whole lot easier. <laughs> right. Right. Um, instead of seeking yeah. out. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's something that I've learned over the past however many years as well. You know, I, we heard, I've heard forever people talk about calling. I mean, I'm sure you've heard people say yeah. that, right? But so like, yeah, you know, God called me to this. God called me to this. And it was like, but how do you know? Like, I mean, that that's such yeah. a kind of a God card cop out, in my opinion. But yeah. like for me, what I want to be confident in is like, yes, God called me. And I know how he called me because someone actually literally called me and said, hey, I want you to do this. And it was like and God used that to call me um, instead of just being like kind of going, I have a feeling and I'm going to attribute that to God. I mean, it might be, but I'm, I have more confidence when someone literally goes, Hey, I want you to come speak at this thing. It's like, Oh, well I'm receiving that call and I'm accepting the call. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think, you know, another thing that I learned and, and you're talking about it too, but you know, for me, I thought forever what ministry was, was like putting on events and trying to, you know, make people make a have a response and if people don't respond then you're a failure or if they do respond you're success when it's like man when i read the bible you're you're what you're looking at jesus he's not always putting on these events the majority of it is just walking with people and then walking with him and when i kind of 
got that perspective on what ministry is instead of trying to force myself to do things that are like don't don't make sense or are weird it was like let me just do my life and invite people along with that and then connect with people who are in that so whether it's with like playing music and meeting people in the music scene or going to the gym or playing you know whatever league basketball some like city league basketball and like i enjoy basketball i also think jesus is king so <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. invite people into my life and allow that allow god to use that instead of like constantly living in this age of anxiety of like well i gotta figure out how to bring it up i gotta figure out how to say the right thing when jesus is like dude just live <laughs> yeah live your life if you trust me it's gonna come out and you're gonna be able to say hey can i pray for you about that or whatever and um, that that was a freedom for me instead of feeling like this pressure to like constantly live up to yeah. instead of um, just living in the freedom of like, dude, you're going to screw it up and it's not up to you anyway. God can do what he wants to do and you, you can't get in the way of what God's going to do. Well, I think it's cool because, you know, along your journeys for me, uh, you talked about Trip Spearman. He was a big factor in getting me just back on point because I... For me, I, like I said, I had kind of disconnected from the church. I, 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 I'm not ashamed to admit it now, years after the fact. But, you know, I, I felt kind of butt hurt. I felt kind of on the outside looking in. I didn't feel like I, uh, you know, needed or anything like that. And so my, my mindset was really on the wrong things for the wrong reasons. And so I did kind of take myself out. And it was it was a, it was a hard struggle because I went through some tough times during those couple of years. But then, like I said, when I met my wife. And she was kind of going through the same thing, ironically enough, and we were able to get back together. And then knowing that, you know, having somebody like him who was just there to kind of to help walk with me and get me back plugged in because he had plugged himself back in as well, uh, it made a big difference. And we talked a little bit about this guy, man, but I, I can't go I can't go it on without talking about my man, Matt Crawford, because you guys – who were knew each other in high school, but you guys became even better friends after the fact. And he was kind of part of that little journey too. I mean, between the both of you, because you were kind of the guys I remember um, you were never turned off when I talked about something, you know, like we talked about the Christian music or you, yeah. you got excited about it or whatnot. And, and you guys were just, you guys were not, you know, introverts. You guys could get out there y'all could talk with anybody. And I remember I walked down the hall and, and I'd see him. He's like, L double easy. And I'd be like, M a double T Z. He's like, ah, oh, player. And, you know, <laughs> it was just, we had that connection, you know, and he was just that kind of guy. So talk to me a little bit about your relationship with him, man. Cause I know that's been a solid friendship for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hate that guy. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, we, um, we connected when when he was at Clemson and I had, had gone there as well. So like I moved up there and lived with my sister um, because I came in on the bridge program. So I wasn't living on campus. I, was, I mean, it was just a weird situation. Like as far as like housing goes, like trying to get on campus and everything. My sister was already there. She was like, well, look, you can just come live with me and Suzanne. And I was like, sounds great. Um, so I was like, ideal. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I was like, well, we're, I'm trying to figure out who to hang out with. Like, I mean, because I lived in an apartment complex, nobody was just like hanging out. Um, and so, you know, I was still, I was friends with Mary Lauren and Paula. And, um, and so I was hanging out with them and then they 
were like, well, we're going over to uh, Matt's apartment, Matt Crawford's apartment with like Trip, and um, and so I was like, okay, we'll do that. And so I went over there, and me and Matt just kind of instantly connected. He had he had been playing guitar for a little bit, and I had you know gotten interested to in that, and we would just, I mean, we would just hang out. I mean, that was just like he was in the place of like kind of a new believer in the past few years. And so a lot of our time was let's hang out, play guitar. Let's go to Clemson FCA. Let's hang out, play guitar. Let's go to this coffee house and listen to music. Let's hang out, play guitar. And then let's go to this show in Atlanta and like, listen to this band that we just found out about. I mean, we did that. I mean, that was basically that whole like two, three year span. Um, And so that was just, again, it was, it was like a, visualizing like okay this is what it can look like to not be like a weird church guy like you know what i mean it's like yeah i just believe what the bible says and now this is how it impacts my life i'm not like some you know i don't feel like i gotta yell it from the from the street corners and sell t-shirts or whatever i don't know it was like uh really refreshing we just had like a like a real strong uh chemistry and bond over the stuff that we were interested in and um, it like on spiritual level, but also on a, what we wanted to do with our energy, like, you know, leading worship or writing songs or yeah. figuring out how to record and uh, going to, you know, shows in Atlanta or Columbia or whatever, and just connecting with that group of interest. Um, it was just like really natural. And it um, has been since then. It's kind of crazy. I mean, we, we have an annoying sense of humor uh, <laughs> that works that works for each of us. Uh, I mean, it, it is ridiculous because he, like, we're in the we're in the same small group. Meets at my house. Our group ends at like eight, and I think the other night, me and him just hung out like by his car, talking and joking and laughing until like it was like eleven thirty, and I was like, dude, I gotta go. Like, what? Get out of here. <laughs> um, but it's been cool, man. I you know, music has always been a part of our friendship and he played in the first band that I put together. And then he's in the, the, the band that I started three or four years ago, he plays guitar in that. But then most recently we just put out his three song album. Yeah. It was good. His first effort at like recording. He's been writing all the time, but he's just never kind of had the push to like finish it, record it, put it out. And that's been my role for him in the past, like, two years. It's just kind of, like, kicking it. Like, when are you going to do this thing? When are we going to do this thing? When are we going to do this thing? So yeah. <laughs> that's been awesome. I, I'd love to see him do that because it, it, it really is good. He did a great job. I'm really proud of the project. Oh, yeah, I love it, man. I, I popped that I popped that money in real quick to my, my <laughs> and uh, got it. And so it's just really cool. Um, Hey, I know we don't have a lot of time left on this, but I, I would be remorse to not ask you about um, anytime you go in any kind of ministry, man, the, the person who's, uh, who's the other side of your life, the other part of your life, yeah, they're, whether they realize it or not, they're just as important a part of that as, as well. So talk to me a little bit about, uh, your relationship with your wife. I know you talked about your kids. You got, you got four kids now, I believe. Yes. So yes. How big yeah. has, has she been a factor in your life with this journey and also your kids as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Now she, we met each other. Um, uh, she, she was at USC and then um, 
we started hanging out and, and dating in like 2010 and then got married in 2011. Um, and she just, I mean, she really does a great job of loving people well. Um, and I, that was to me was really attractive, like just getting to watch her kind of, she was independently, um, unconcerned with what other people thought about her. Um, and it, it was just really a beautiful thing to watch that she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, taking this semester off to go serve, to do this mission trip thing, because I'm not exactly sure what the Lord wants for me, but I know that I want to kind of lay my life down and, um, in that way. And, you know, getting to see her do that on a, on a daily basis with our kids. I mean, that's the first ministry, right? I mean, she's just, she does so much, um, to, to serve our children and to grow them up and to train them. Um, yeah. So our kids are eight, six, four, and two. Um, Even numbers. I love it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's crazy right now. Um, but she has an amazing heart for the Lord and humility and all that. And so, yeah, being in ministry is tough. Um, but she's always there for me to like commiserate with me when it's frustrating, but also, and this can be difficult too for me, but when she's like, well, have you thought about it from this perspective? And I'm like, I don't want to think about it from that perspective. I want to think about it from my perspective. <laughs> so yeah. uh, she's, she's yeah. very helpful um, kind of wisdom in that way. And, and she brings, she brings a ton of wisdom and perspective. Um, yeah. She, she's awesome. She's from uh, Columbus, Georgia. So we go down there some, um, it's about a five and a half hour, uh, drive so that's tough but uh but we'll, we make that trip a few times a year um and also my, my the big kids just got back from abbeville which they loved hanging out with my parents um having a, having a blast staying up late eating ice cream all that stuff oh heck yeah man <laughs> that's the, that's the life man you just uh, as a grandparent you just sit there and you get to spoil and rotten and send them back home to you to deal with the leftovers of it uh, we're dealing with it <laughs> Sugar high. Um, and think about it, man. And I, I'm right there with you, man. I, I've had those discussions with her where I'll be, I'll either be venting about something or complaining about something or talking about an idea and kind of stuck in my in my one thought process. And she says, "Well, just think of it in this way." And it's like, oh, I really don't want to, but I'm gonna listen to you anyway. And because yeah. my wife is very notorious about making me listen to her with my eyes. <laughs> do you know what? I, do you do you understand what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. Because I, you know, if you, guys have a very bad tendency to uh, to not listen very well, we hear, it. Hey, listen very well, and she always demands my eye contact for me to listen to her, um, and not just disregard it as her just shooting words out there. So, uh, I'm, a, I, you know, man, I've been doing this now almost 18 years. Yeah. So she's she's been there, man. We've been through a lot of. A lot of uh, victories, a lot of valleys, a lot of mountaintops, a lot of fires. And, you know, we've had a lot of tough seasons here the last couple of years with losing parents too, man. So it's just – and then you throw in the little COVID issues too and, and all of that. It's just – I really feel like, you know, the Lord is continuing to bless. And I'm sure you probably can relate to this too. It's like whenever you do have any kind of a – doubtlet or curiosity it's funny how the lord will always remind you when you least expect it i just got a text this morning from a youth that was sharing to me about some stuff she took away from sunday night and and everything and just like okay lord 
my 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 moaning and complaining is momentary. This is what it's about. Yeah, seeing light bulbs come on. That's my thing. I know I have a very short time with kids at this day and time, and they got so much just waiting to jump on them to try to redoctrinate them, so to speak. And so it's a lot harder now than it was when I first started. I will say this, and it's just there's a lot more to the world and a lot more to things now that you have to kind of you have to start it early. And I, I told I tell my parents and my middle schoolers, I said, look, we got to have tough conversations now. Yeah, because if you don't, then they're going to be they're going to be more questions when they get older. Well, and, and I, one thing I wanted to encourage you with is, you know, something that I've had to realize because, you know, Columbia is like one of the most transient places. And so we have a ton of folks who come through and they're only here for about two or three years. And then you don't see, you know, you never see them again. It's, it's over. And so we, I have to trust that in the short period of time that we have, or like for you, you know, the, the short period, it's four years is not long. I mean, it goes quick, yeah. um, but you know, at the time it feels like forever, especially when you're in high school, you're like, man, this is the longest time of my life. But dude, I mean, four years is very quick, a short blip in regards to how long our lives are. Um, but that doesn't mean that the Lord's not using the impact of just one conversation. Even if it was an unintentional conversation, the Lord can use it. And so you probably, we, you definitely won't see all the fruit of it because I know that I won't, but that doesn't mean it's not there. Um, but it is, it is, I have to remind myself of that all the time because it's like, man, I feel like I just poured in, um, like three years with some folks, like as much of my life as I could. And then there's a likelihood that I won't ever talk to them again. You know, it's, it's tough. It is. And, and like I said, I mean, there's so, so many people that I, you know, barely catch up. You know, obviously being here in Abbeville, when I came back to minister here in Abbeville, that was my whole heart was I wanted to be in my hometown, my original hometown to minister. Um, and, you know, I've gotten to to minister to so many kids and now ministering to their kids. Uh, right. Yeah. On the backside, you know, a lot of kids that are playing the football and baseball and stuff. And I was like, oh, crap. I remember, you know, it's like I just spent a whole year with Amber Price's son who just graduated. And I was like, yeah, your mama in high school. You know, it's just just crazy how time flies and you're you're seeing different generations along the way. But um, I just want you to know, man, I am so very proud of you, brother. I'm proud to see where the Lord has taking you from and where he's taking you to and where he continues to lead you to. And, um, you know, you're, you're, like I said, we, you celebrate the wins when you get them because they're hard to come by most days. And so I just, I'm thankful to see a win in somebody's life like yours, because I feel like you, you were never going to have a problem being able to connect with people because you were, you were <laughs> easy, easy to get easy to connect with kind of guy. But, to find to find new gifts and new talents and then to take those and, and put them in a position of leadership, man. Uh, that's super awesome. And I just, I'm thankful for guys like you, like Matt, that are, that are leading and, and doing things and making a difference and, and knowing and understanding how, how intentional you have to be as a witness, not so much as the, the loudest voice in the room or the brightest voice in the room or whatever, yeah. what it used to be considered. Um, now you got to be super intentional. You got to get face to face. You got to get in some uncomfortable places. Yeah. You got to get into some uncomfortable conversations to meet people where they're at. 
and that honestly that's uh you know for me i i, I never really cared or care about being the guy on stage that has the you know the the smart thing to say it's m- way more about to me i care and am better at the one-on-one conversations or the you know the one-on-one like experiencing life together where it's it messy i mean that i think you know some somebody years ago said a good shepherd is going to smell like their sheep um yep. and you a shepherd smells like poop a lot of times because they're stepping in it and they're pulling, pulling people out and they're down there in there with them, you know? And, uh, I would, I think I would rather have a little, you know, mud on my boots than, you know, super clean. Everything's put together, you know, perfect situation going on. Um, but that, you know, that you got to accept the difficult when you do that. (laughs) Oh yeah. And there's, and there's a lot of it. I mean, there's, <clears throat> a lot of broken homes. Well, I mean, I, I've had kids that have had three or four different households that they were at in the course of a month, you know, just by the way things were. And it's just crazy, man. Crazy how much that um, these, these next just rising generation is, is, is dealing with and going to be dealing with, you know, even as you and myself continue to get older and, you know, and I, I can said, I, I feel like I'm going to keep doing this as long as I can connect and relate to people. Um, right. As long as I stay hip to the verbiage, because the verbiage is ever changing, <laughs> you know, my my, uh, my having my daughter in the youth group now really is a good accountability partner. Because yeah. if I think it before I say it or preach about it, she'll let me know real quick. No, Daddy, no, not <laughs> not necessary. Um, so uh, anyway, but man, I'm gonna be praying for you, man. Keep plugging in there, keep leading, man. I, I thank you so much for taking some time out today, and I know you're a busy, man, but taking some time out and just catching up, man. I've enjoyed it. We'll have to get together and do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you reaching out and taking time to do it too. Yeah, man. And uh, again, uh, for everybody who might be listening to this, uh, if you're down in the Columbia area, yeah, looking for a place to go, man, Midtown down there. Look up my Jay Hendricks and crew down there. Great place to be at, worship at, and get connected and, and find you find you a spot. And, and, <laughs> Our life down there and um and uh, i i'm gonna be doing one with matt crawford here soon so he'll he'll fact check everything that we say to yeah, make- he's got a lot better memory than i do so that's for sure oh i know man i know i'm looking forward to that but hey man if you ever need anything man i'm not too far away brother and, and now i got your number man i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot you some text from now on so i can keep up with you man sounds good to me man i appreciate it all right man love you jay thank you so much brother all right see you all right, that's Jay Hendricks, and I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, new edition of the LWE podcast. Love having these conversations with, with folks that I've had a chance to cross paths with, and hope you enjoyed it as well. We'll talk to you soon with another podcast coming up. God bless. Stay safe.